Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, I'm Matt. And I'm Ben. And this is Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as always, we're with our super producer, Noel, here. Noel, could we get some uh, sirens or maybe, like, the remember that Cops theme song? Pretty sure we're going to have plenty of those just in the mix already. Oh, that's true. Our office. For uh, anyone who's a longtime listener, you may have heard references in our show or other shows to the sirens that occasionally come through our super secret studio here. Super, super secret in the middle of Buckhead. Yeah, uh, the neighborhood of Buckhead in Atlanta, Georgia, for those who are not illuminated to this idea, uh, is full of cranky people. Yeah, I mean... That's a it, fair way to say it. It is the, I don't know, I guess the financial district of Atlanta. Mm-hmm, yeah, similar, yeah it's kind of like that. Uh, there, Right, there are some big businesses here and some upscale areas. Uh, so... One would think, hey, wait, Matt and Ben, aren't police sirens more likely to be associated with uh, less wealthy areas? Well, the problem here is that a lot of those sirens come from cops giving people tickets for bad driving. Yes, there's lots of money to be made from citations. I mean, people to protect from speeding drivers. Right. Well, there are also quite a few drivers here. My car show oh host my is gosh. coming out who don't feel like they should need to ob- obey the rules of the road. Yeah, there's no one on the road but me and my Mercedes slash BMW slash whatever you want to mm-hmm. insert there. But for most people, just the threat, the the possibility of being punished by the police or cited by the police is enough of a deterrent that uh, we will p- uh, pretend that those lines in the middle of the road are something else other than paint, right? Yeah. Uh, the police have a psychologically crucial role in the, I guess, the cohesion of a state, not just the United States. And today we're talking about something that was, um, that's an idea that you had proposed for us earlier, which was the militarization of police. Well, yeah, the this topic is coming up all over the place. I'm seeing links, tons of links, especially on Reddit, 
mm-hmm. uh, about certain instances. There was one in Georgia not long ago. I think it was last month where there was a no knock uh, drug raid in right. the house mm-hmm. and a baby was sleeping in the room, I guess the living room with the rest of the family and a flashbang grenade landed in the crib. The child was in a medically induced coma for a while. I believe the child is out now of the coma or at oh, least good. Uh, I'm not positive on that. I need to look back up on that. Okay. Anyway, yeah, it's all over the place. Uh, the Cato Institute's been talking about this. Sure. For a what's a, time. what's a no-knock raid? A no-knock raid is when in, in the middle of the night, a SWAT team or a, other form of paramilitary style police force breaks into a home, usually just busts through the front door mm-hmm. and takes everybody, basically detains everyone in the house and mm-hmm. searches the house. And that is, Typically or theoretically, it is based on intelligence that has been gathered. So they're not just rolling the dice and picking a house. They believe. The problem is a lot of times the information that they're given is maybe not perfect. Sure. um, Or perhaps they are raiding the wrong house. There are many instances of the wrong houses being raided. Mm -hmm. Then a person inside. I know we're getting a little deep already before we're getting into this, Ben. These are just the things that have been on my mind. Yeah, I think it's important to know why you wanted to cover this. Okay. Um, I, I think it's just something that I don't potentially see myself dealing with, uh, cross, crossing fingers, knocking on wood and all sure, of that. Sure. But it is, um, a fear now, I think that exists across America, especially, mm-hmm. um, that the police might show up for some reason, maybe just because they have wrong intel. And bust in your house. Ah, okay. So the transformation of perception of the police from a protective force to a, uh, uh, punitive force. Sure. Okay. That's what's interesting here is that we have these two groups, right? The police and the military. Uh, and in our video series this week, we've taken a look at some of the intersections between the rights of civilians or citizens and uh, the rights and responsibilities of police officers. We had Can You Record Police, one mm-hmm. of our old episodes, uh, updated as excellent remix and classic out there on Monday, I think, of this week. And we have another upcoming episode, uh, which is going to be about this militarization of police topic. And we found a lot of interesting things while we were doing, uh, while we were doing this, um, one of, one of the easiest, most basic B level, if I could say that, mm-hmm. is, uh, ways to differentiate between the police and the military, uh, comes to us from a guy named Radley Balco. Yes, he has a quote here. Uh, well, he's also, it should be noted that he's the author of several books. One of them is Rise of the Warrior Cop, the Militarization of America's Police Forces, and the other is Overkill, the Rise of Paramilitary Police Raids in America. And uh, you can read Overkill for free online via the Cato Institute. Nice. And his quote that he has here, where I guess we're going to kind of get things rolling with this, he says, quote, These are two very different jobs. The role of police officers is to protect our rights and keep the peace while the military's job is to annihilate foreign enemies. And uh, let's go ahead and have the, whoa, hold on, sound effect there. <laughs> Thanks, Noel. Uh, everybody who objected to that uh, differentiation by Balco, we understand where you're coming from. Sure. It is it, it is an oversimplification to say the military's job is to annihilate foreign enemies. Uh, some people would prefer something like, Something a little more glass half full, like to protect America's interest abroad. That, yeah, well, uh, that's glass, uh, filled with something. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, role of police officers to protect rights, keep the peace. Some people would say, well, the role of police officers is just to enforce the law, not necessarily to protect people. But yeah, I think that it's, it's sad that it used to go without saying, and it doesn't anymore, that both members of the military, current and past, and, uh, members of police forces, current and past, are also people who would save innocent lives, you know? Oh, yeah. People who would save criminal lives, honestly. Absolutely. And the police and military, depending on who you're talking to, are referred to in this kind of monolithic block Figure this entire group that you speak about 
uh, if you know if you're talking about them one occurrence or something the way I did earlier, mm-hmm. I kind of talked about the police as this one thing, but really it's just a group of individuals, and each one just as different from the last. So we, we kind of have to remember that when we're talking about this subject. Yeah, these are all human beings on both sides of this debate. And one of the reasons that we take pains to set this up is because uh, the militarization of police can be a controversial topic. And whenever you deal with a controversial topic, one thing that unscrupulous opponents will do on the other side of a debate to try to discredit you or dissuade you is to rely upon emotional arguments, you know, mm-hmm. to say, uh, you know, like the, the wars that people have been falsely led into hinged upon emotional things, not on facts. So yeah. what we're doing is just talking about the facts and we want to get it out of the way and say that we are not talking about these people as just some group of faceless, mindless machines. These are, these are real people. And in many, uh, in the vast majority of cases, uh, Neither members of the military nor most police officers are responsible for the policies that come down, right? These mandates. Ben, for, for decades, it's this difference has been rather evident between police officers or the police force and military. And that's on all kinds of different levels. You can look at the tactics. You can look at their equipment, um, kind of the methodology that they use to go about what they're doing. And this dichotomy, Ben, was kind of taken as a given Basically, like there is there is an absolute Mm -hmm. underlying difference between police and military. And we know that there's some overlap, too, right? Mm -hmm. Like Both uh, police and members of the military do differ from civilians in with some varying expectations as well. And in practice, at least different treatment under the law, it could be something formal like a military court that a soldier goes to or something informal like the infamous blue line of loyalty where cops will uh, band together to protect another police officer. Well, and there's a reason they do that a lot of times, and it's because they're in harm's way almost mm-hmm. constantly. Well, a lot of the time they're in harm's way, and that could be because they're protecting themselves, protecting a civilian, another citizen, mm-hmm. or even, you know, protecting, you know, your really good friend perhaps who is also happening, he happens to be on the police force. Sure, or there's, you know, let's not forget that, mob rule is a thing that can happen and there are times when police are protecting criminals so that they could have their due rights under the law and let's also point out that uh because of the way that um entertainment disguised as news is often presented to people uh you're probably not going to hear about a lot of the heroic Stories, which you're often going to hear about, are going to be the bad guy cases. You know, the one, the someone who uh, flipped and went uh, dirty for a little bit of side money off drugs, or someone who committed uh, a war crime, because that sells more advertising space, gets more clicks. Yeah, right. Um, but we do know, uh, we do know that in the United States, at least. The concept of the separation between the police and the military is a huge deal. And it's, it's something that a lot of people may have heard about for the first time, but it is by no means the first time that this has been a concern in the United States. As a matter of fact, uh, our older legislators that came before us were so concerned about this that they passed a law about it, right? Yeah, that's right. The Posse Comitatus Act of 1878. Uh, so it, this thing was basically designed to create a clear division between the military and the domestic forces, the police forces in the U.S. So, yeah, it, it says that the U.S. military originally, it said the U.S. military uh, cannot intervene in law enforcement operations. So domestic stuff that the police would do, um, no matter how bad Blockbuster may want you to return that Blu-ray you stole right before the store closed. They cannot send the Marines after you. That is a comforting thought. I mean, the, there still is like one Blockbuster open. I think, I think it's in Alaska. Oh, man. Actually, there's several. I'm sorry, Blockbuster. Just a lot of the stores closed. Blockbuster, I want you to know that I would still be using your store if you were open. I did until you closed. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I brought it down. Sorry, man. No, not, my, okay. not my best example. But this is not a uniform um, 
no, uh, not a blanket law, right? There are exceptions. No. Oh, yeah, there's there are a couple different exceptions. There's one provision in there that says the law can be temporarily, uh, I guess, repealed mm. for certain instances. And there's even a waiver that the president can sign that can kind of uh, suspend the law. Yeah, like a hall pass for the military yeah. to enter into the well, domestic Well, and that's, that's for emergency situations. Right. Uh, and, you know, it's I think it's been used twice in the U.S.? Yeah. At least twice? Yeah. Uh, at, at least twice. Um, probably more than that now. That, that comes from a, um, a How Stuff Works article that our buddy Josh wrote on the Delta Force, right? Oh, yeah. That's exactly right. I remember that. And they're, uh, they're a fairly mysterious thing that we should probably cover, um, in a future episode too, now that I think about it. Great name. So critics of the current trend between the police and the military, Tell us that pretty much from the jump, Posse Comitatus has been under attack by various, uh, various interest groups. And it is true that over the decades, this act has been changed and there have been exceptions added. And a lot of these either existed in the original act, like the, you know, the National Guard and state defense forces are under the governor of a state. So mm-hmm. those don't really apply with Posse Comitatus. Um, and then there are some added later, uh, with the Insurrection Act, uh, during the Los Angeles riots, right? Yeah, that was a huge one. And then, gosh, there's one where the Attorney General can request that the Secretary of Defense provides emergency assistance if basically a civilian law enforcement agency can't handle right. a situation there. They have inadequate uh, equipment or forces. Sure. Um, LAPD attacked by Godzilla. We can't handle that. Well, yeah. Or if there's a, a real nuclear material threat, that kind of thing, radiological weapons. Sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, the military can also come in as a support role for uh, certain joint special operations command. Ah, uh, JSOC. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So people still to this day debate about whether or not Posse Comitatus is being eroded as well as the specifics about how and when a nation's military should be called to act domestically. Um, so this militarization, right? So we've established that there's a history of it. Mm-hmm. And in our video, we talked about the uh, history of SWAT teams a little bit, right? Yeah, if you want to learn more about that, please go back and watch our videos. Um, but, okay, so long story short, the SWAT team became really popular with the police and the public to an extent and politicians. Uh, and that's because they, <laughs> there were several highly publicized events where a SWAT team was used mm-hmm. and they came out looking really good because they were effective, they were fast and mostly effective. Right, yeah. Uh, they became, sort of the next hot item. I mean, the movies involving SWAT teams, television shows, uh, when they, when they first came out, which is toward the sixties, as we talk about in our upcoming episode, uh, they had a, a fairly narrowly defined mission and they operated in primarily urban areas. So throughout the seventies, there, these, they come out in, um, probably the mid-60s as a result of uh, some problems that the LAPD was actually having, not Godzilla-related. Well, yeah, larger firearms being used by by criminals mm-hmm. when they were trying to respond. Sure. Uh, body armor being used. Mm-hmm. Enormous racial tension, mm-hmm. getting very close to um, a, a, a unrest that would be like a regional war. Yeah. Full-scale writing was happening. Yeah, like a city war. So uh, gradually, SWAT teams increase. You know, this large urban area gets one, this one gets one. People are saying, oh, finally, we have someone for hostage negotiations or things that are already on the brink of catastrophic violence. And uh, this worked, and their, not only their public perception continued to rise, but more and more police departments looked at these paramilitary units favorably, and then something crazy happened in the 1980s. Well, yeah, right Well, right before the 1980s. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, Nixon gave his famous speech, 
or I guess it was a little talking point that he added in about public enemy number one being drugs and drug abuse. Then we get to the Reagan administration in the 80s, and we look at, not that nothing happened in between those two, (laughs) uh, because there are certainly things that happened, but that's during the Reagan administration, we had all kinds of new funding, new equipment. Um, I think in 1986, we have a short clip of this, but in 1986, uh, the Reagan administration had increased the drug enforcement agency and basically war on drugs, um, amount of money they were spending by three times at least from 81 to 86. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes SWAT teams and all kinds of other paramilitary police units all across the country. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You know, I just want to point out when you said, not that we're saying nothing happened in the 70s. Yeah. What if that's the phantom history? Oh. <laughs> 1970s okay. just didn't happen. Yeah. If you were born then, they lied to you. Oh, gosh. Go, go find the hospital. Ask for the original birth certificate. It goes so deep, man. I am, I am so kidding. Please don't do that unless you need a copy of your birth certificate. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, that's right. That's a great point. 1986, Reagan did issue this uh, National Security Decision Directive. And this is interesting because it calls drugs a threat to U.S. national security. And national security, uh, all in addition to being a legitimate concern for a, a country, in the United States at least, and in a lot of Western countries, it's begun to function as this password for unlimited money. It's yeah. like the Konami code. That's exactly what it is. National security. Oh, thank you. I'll, I'll take all of that. Well, sir, we really can't handle it. National security. Okay. That's fine. Here's seven more billion dollars. So yeah, that's, that's a, I know we're being a bit tongue in cheek about it, but it does, in this case at least, unlock a hell of a lot of funding and the every, uh, Everybody is cooperating to share information, equipment, tactics. We have a little bit of a list of the different things uh, that that were passed, right? So 1986, we talked about Reagan, but then uh, in 1988, some other stuff happened. Yeah, Congress ordered the National Guard to assist uh, drug enforcement efforts. And, and because of this order, National Guard troops today still – patrol for marijuana plants and assist in basically this huge anti-drug operation in every state in the country looking for the plants themselves. Mm -hmm. In 1989, uh, President Bush created a series of regional task force in the DOD, Department of Defense, uh, just to cooperate, uh, just to facilitate cooperation, excuse me, uh, between the military and police forces. So how do we best coordinate uh, this transfer of equipment or vehicles, weaponry, tactics, training, uh, people that we're on the lookout for. You know, you, you can also, if you read between the lines here, clearly that's a comment on wiretapping. Oh, sure. Well, and keep in mind, we're, we're involved, the U.S. is involved in all kinds of narco wars all across Central and South America. Sure, Central time. Asia as well. And it's the military performing all of those mm. actions. So then they're working directly with perhaps people in, you know, if anything gets inside the United States, they're trying to mm. coordinate with that. So then in 1994, the DOD issued this mem memorandum that authorized the transfer of equipment and tech to state and local police. And in that same year, Congress created the reutilization program, mm -hmm. which essentially facilitated the handling of military gear over to civilian and police agencies. So if we look at specific numbers, what, what does that mean exactly? Okay, so just between 1995 and 1997, the Pentagon distributed 3,800 M16s, 2,185 M14s, 73 grenade launchers, and 112 armored personnel carriers to civilian police agencies all across the country. Right. One year alone, that totals up to more than 1.2 million pieces of military equipment. And this is just a brief history. So we can now we can talk about the current state of militarization, because as I believe we say in our video, whether or not you are an opponent of this, you think it's bad or you're an advocate of it and you think that it's an effective way to prevent crime, no one can deny that the police in the United States and several other countries are increasingly militarized, both in terms of tactics and equipment. Okay, Ben, so let's look at the current state. We've talked about 70s, 80s, 90s. Where are we right now? In a widely cited survey, uh, this criminologist Peter Kraska, he found that as of 1997, almost 90% of cities with populations 50,000 or more had at least one paramilitary police unit. That's twice as many in the mid-1980s. Mm -hmm. And let's uh, stroll through some more numbers here. Uh, this is from the Washington Post. Uh, the ACLU released a year-long study of this tendency in, in police forces, looked at 800 deployments of SWAT uh, special weapon and tactics teams across 20 local, state, and federal agencies from 2011 to 2012. So statistically speaking, this is pretty much Fresh, fresh out of the pizza oven. As fresh as we can probably get. Right. Uh, 62% of those raids surveyed were to conduct searches for drugs, not the narrowly defined, uh, incredibly dangerous stuff. Now, of course, these, these people are putting their lives at risk when they do this, sure. but 
the uh, the interdiction of drugs was not originally a SWAT team mission or even within their realm. This is what we call mission creep. Um, just under 80 percent uh, were to serve a search warrant. So that means eight in 10 of these SWAT raids were not initiated to get a school shooter or a hostage taker or an escaped felon, uh, but to investigate someone who is still suspected of committing a crime. Yeah, they sent the big dogs to find someone suspected of a crime. I mean, you know, suspected is a heck of a word because well, legally sure. in the U.S. you're required to say suspected. Well, yeah, and and if you are able to get a warrant, there is probably enough evidence against you to at least what they believe to prove Right, something. yeah. So, you know, we're not saying they're all good guys or all bad guys. It's just they're suspect. But what we are saying is that some of the reasons that SWAT teams are often justified, right, as mm-hmm. a, as an expense, because it's expensive to have such a high level of training, expertise, and equipment. Um, there, the common justification is to prevent violent things from happening, but it looks like, according to this ACLU report at least, that just 7% of those SWAT raids were for hostages, barricades, or active shooter scenarios. So kind of the original reasoning for having a SWAT team just in – Back in the day, the reason for their creation. Right. And additionally, uh, we'll just launch you list a couple more facts. And this is all, again, according to the ACLU study, in at least 36% of these SWAT raid studies, no contraband at all was found. So, in you know, a, a home invasion, right, or an active mission, mm-hmm. uh, and not only, not only do they not prevent a violent crime, which, I don't know, that's kind of unfair to say, Matt, because it's really tough to say that someone didn't prevent something. Had he proven negative, yeah. Right, yeah. But, uh, but there wasn't any, you know, contraband. So no illegal weapons or counterfeit money or, or drugs or something like that. Uh, the scary part is that the, the ACLU estimates that due to incomplete police reports, this figure could be higher than 36. It could be 65%. Um, now, we do know that there are other things uh, that occur here, like SWAT tactics are disproportionately used on people of color. If you just look at the numbers, yep. um, there's usually forced entry. 65% of SWAT deployments involve a forced entry, battering ram, boot, explosive device. And then in over half of those raids, uh, the police find, fail to find anything, really, any kind of weapon. Um, but the presence of which is cited for the reason of these violent tactics. So they, they'll go in saying, well, these, this guy's armed or right. this group is armed, but then they won't find anything. And there's another question there that goes back to the safety of the people conducting these things. How do you know if they're not armed, right? Well, yeah. And if you think they may be armed, how do you not go in guns blazing and mm-hmm. throwing flashbangs? So, yeah. So this is our, this is our overall look uh with a little more detail about the nature of militarization in this day and age in this state and when we return from a word from our sponsor we'll get into some of the scarier uh conspiratorial stuff oh Oh, man i don't know if i can haul these beats much more i swear beat farming is not what dad said it would be it's just hard work all day, all night, and then all the next day. Oh, man. I wonder what's on TV. Oh, can't watch TV. i got to harvest the rest of these beats. Oh, uh, excuse me. Excuse me what? there, friend. You How'd look- you get in here? Well, uh, you left the door open, but never mind that. I would have rammed it down anyway. I couldn't help but over here on the wiretap that uh, you're having a you're having a tough time at your day job. What What is that exactly? Uh, well, I've been farming beets on this farm. It's been in my family of seven generations. Uh, you know, it's tough. Yeah, it's a, it's a noble profession for sure, uh, but it also seems like it could be one fraught with problems. What, what kind of problems do you have uh, farming these beets? Well, sometimes the beets are too close together and they make, make like a double beet. Those harder. Yeah, it's harder for those to get them out. Some of the machinery will malfunction. Mm. Uh, a lot of times there's not enough water. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest problems, to be honest. Well, what would you say if I told you that we could not only fix your problems, but give you an entirely new set of problems that you've never seen before? To be honest, I'm not really interested 
get much in that. Maybe I can uh, get a. Do you have a brochure? Just or imagine, instead of this beat up old tractor, uh, what if you had a tank, a mine resistant, ambush proof vehicle with armor? Now, now you got me. Don't worry, you'll have armor too. And those other beet farmers are going to be absolutely no possible potential threat that they might someday be if you're also armed with armor-piercing rounds. Because believe me, friend, those other beet farmers already have armor. Now, do you have any mines? Yes, we have. We have so many mines. We have mine launchers. Uh, sir, just from the military surplus of the past four minutes alone, we have produced enough. Armor and、uh, war-grade weaponry to supply your beet farm for decades to come. Are you interested? Well, that depends.、Hmm. Uh, how much? How much are we talking here? Because you know, I don't exactly make a lot of money selling these beets. Oh、uh, yes. Okay. Not to worry. Are you a terrorist? No. Do you sell drugs? No. Then it's free. What? Yes, sir. That's right. Free just for doing your part. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding. I am legally not allowed to make jokes. Oh my God! I can't believe it. I, I feel like luckiest man in the world. Bring it in, boys. Oh, we're also giving you an army. Oh, the power! I can feel the power. Yes, that's right. Whether you're a law enforcement, a librarian, a beet farmer, or anything between,、uh, we too can help you here at MilitarySurplusFTW.gov, and that stands for for the war. That's right. So do your part and help us use up this gigantic military surplus that we have built the American way. We just got too many tanks. Military surplus ftw.gov is not a part of the United States government, the government of Mexico, Canada, the Bahamas, or any other Caribbean nations. Military surplus ftw.gov is not legally a recognized charity and cannot receive donations. Military surplus ftw.gov is legally barred from any comment, consideration, or statement regarding privatized militaries, the International Criminal Court, the ISS, the UN, or NBC. Brought to you by Illumination Global Unlimited. Live Nation presents Concert Week from now through May 14th. Get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainor, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. Twenty-five dollars each. Visit LiveNation.com/slash/concertweek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com/slash/concertweek to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts season two of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing. AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. So tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire, with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over six million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position: warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly, with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to two four two four two four to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com. 
where America goes to hire. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Uh, so that's a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek commercial for sure, uh, but it leads us seamlessly into some of the conspiracy theories about militarization of the police, right? Yeah, now if you're the chief of a local police department, you can kind of have your own military on a very small scale. Right, and that's what the opponents would say. Uh I guess before we dive into this, one point I do want to make is that for cash-strapped police precincts in, in rural areas or something, uh, this is a gigantic boon. And indeed, it would be a little bit thick-headed to walk away from this because, you know, things like body armor and bulletproof helmets are absolutely necessary. Today. Right. But uh, the one of the big conspiracy theories, of course, is that there is a uh, what Huffington Post called a police industrial complex. The idea that private corporations that manufacture arms and weapons have made these big agreements with the U.S. government and that they're making military hardware that no one actually needs. Well, yeah, you get the money. Somebody has to take it now that we've manufactured it or else we just lost a whole bunch of money. And then someone will notice and we won't get as much money for our, our budget next year. Our next funding cycle, yeah. right? Like if you don't use the entirety of your budget, then it looks as though you should get your budget cut next year. Yeah, you've got to increase the budget. So the, what's interesting about this theory is that there is a, um, there's a little bit of plausibility to it because we know one of the strange, one of the strange things about legislating an agreement that goes past, you know, two or four years is that the people who sign it are often not in office to see what happens later, see the effects of it, whether it's a good idea, whether it's uh, a smart one, whether there are too many jets or not enough jets. And, and this is something that is a common concern in the world's militaries as well. Sure. You know, if we just look at the F-35 debacle going on now. Oh man, that is a mess. And then there's the, and then there's the other idea, a little bit more conspiratorial, uh, which is that maybe the companies themselves are pushing this for a new market. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Urban Shield Expo? Uh, <laughs> I have, <laughs> I have not. Joking. I don't mean, me. <laughs> I don't mean to say it in that much of a, uh, that, was, that was good though. Conspiratorial yeah. thing. Uh, we mention this, I think, every year in Oakland, California, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is where they essentially invite as many police departments and sheriff departments, mm -hmm. local police out there. And basically it's this huge expo. Think Comic Con, but with military grade weapons. Uh, for your <laughs> police department. Right, yeah, and these, these vendors are advertising, uh, various, various hardware, but there are also training sessions on things like how to defuse a bomb or how to, uh, run point on yeah. a raid. It's essentially a, it really is just a gun show with more equipment because if you've ever been to a gun show, you know, there's all kinds of things like training, mm -hmm. uh, available to you there. Well, now let's talk about one of the conspiracy, conspiratorial ideas, because it's not just one idea, that is, uh, 
maybe the furthest from mainstream discourse, but it's something that a lot of people are really worried about, right? Yeah, this this is the idea that the reason all of these weapons are in the hands of the local police is because the government or someone is preparing for mass civil unrest. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to the FEMA camps mm-hmm. theories. This goes back to, uh, I mean, there's so many. The ammunition buy-up right. stuff. Yeah. There are a lot of aspects to this. And there are a lot of pieces, to be honest. They're not necessarily connected, at mm-hmm. least to that head of the octopus thing. But uh, there are a lot of interesting, let's say, happenings. Right, yeah. Uh, some I, I can't remember who it was. It was either somebody on our Facebook or our Twitter, uh, which you can you can hang out with us there uh, as well anytime you wish. Uh, Matt and I are on there all the time. Uh, on on one of those, somebody somebody said, Conspir- "If I'm a conspiracy theorist, or maybe you're a coincidence theorist." Yeah. That, oh man, where was that? I think that was on YouTube. Maybe. Oh, it was on YouTube. Okay. A comment. Yeah, that that made me laugh, and I thought that was a well-written turn of phrase. But, yeah, we also have videos on the second Civil War, the people who wanted mm-hmm. to secede. And that's really interesting because, as you and I know, uh, groups of people in the United States attempt to secede way more often than you would think. <laughs> way more often than you even hear about. Yes, yeah, so much more often and, uh, you know, around the United States alone, dozens and dozens of apocalyptic groups think the world will end, so they don't care what's going to happen next year. Uh, they they don't care. I'm not saying they're violent by any means. Well, yeah, you just, when you lose, when you lose that desire to live on for the next, for the future, what's coming right, in the future, yeah. it's a little terrifying. And And because, and of course, when you think about it, there would be this massive swell of problems if these succession movements were advertised on the news, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why we very rarely hear about these active functioning groups. And it makes you think maybe the news is controlled, Ben. Yeah, well, maybe the news will secede and uh, (gasps) start their own countries, right? But then uh, also, you know, the same thing will happen in uh, other large countries. Like China is constantly working to keep these various disparate groups and territories united and to quell rebellions, right? Mm -hmm. So those uh, rebellions are often not advertised in the Chinese news the way they are in the United States. Well, yeah, the Internet itself is controlled so much there, Mm -hmm. trying to stop. You you saw the, I forget, I think it was a John Oliver piece maybe about the uh, Tiananmen Square protests that Uh, that happen every year, but... The internet is controlled so heavily that they've actually blocked phrases, all these different phrases that mm-hmm. groups have been trying to put out there to refer to the Tiananmen Square massacre. And now all of them are blocked. You know, what's really strange. I don't know if this is still the case, but, um, using in the past, using, uh, the internet in some parts of China, not only would it be monitored, but there'd be these little like cartoon cop characters yeah. who would show up and say hey you know just for your safety keeping an eye on you <laughs> and the weirdest thing was man the weirdest thing was they have blue eyes so if you ever get a chance to look up these characters yeah this is my my uh one of my old professors pointed this out and he and i talked about it for a while and i still don't know what's going on there but uh it is it is true that uh the possibility of domestic unrest is a historic uh is an historic threat to any empire. And if you look at just the size of the United States and the elements that it brings together, uh, I, it, were I one of the chess masters of the country, I would also be concerned with, uh, domestic unrest and national security. You know, it is a real thing, but a lot of people, uh, Jane and John Q public are, are very concerned that, uh, for some reason a group might come down on them. Uh, the, you know, if you look at what happened in the wake of Hurricane Katrina, uh, that raised a lot of people's concerns as yeah. well. And Ben, I have to say, there, there are quite a few things that John and Jane Q. Public in the U.S. might mm-hmm. be a bit ticked off about. Mm-hmm. Uh, ton of little things, couple really big things. And that's what we're going to be talking about next week. Well, 
That's what we talk about every week, isn't it? But we're going to be covering some very specific things um, about the food we put into our bodies, about the things that are added to that food. Right. And it's a highly controversial subject, but we're going to look at it mm-hmm. and see what we can find. So in the meantime, we would, as always, like to thank you so much for uh, taking some time to check out our show. We are overdue for listener mail episodes. Bring so, send some of those to us. Uh, if we haven't replied yet, don't you worry. We are storing these up and checking our list twice, like some sort of weird um, duo Santa Claus. I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. Duo eh, Santa I get it. The pieces of the Joker. I have there. a huge external hard drive now that's just pumping emails and stuff into it's true yeah and we do have a naughty nice algorithm but uh that is not true but what is true is that you can find us on facebook you can find us on twitter we have a website where you can find all of our videos and all of our podcasts we'll even do a blog occasionally that website is stuff they don't want you to know.com oh and remember that email we mentioned earlier uh we're just a hop skip and digital jump away you can write to us directly at conspiracy at howstuffworks.com For more on this topic and other unexplained phenomena visit testtube.com slash conspiracy stuff You can also get in touch on Twitter at the handle at conspiracy stuff Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. 